Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That is what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. Be it joy and laughter, sorrow and tears, awe and insight, or deepest devotion, as we visit and listen, we are all part of a spiritual voyage called Song of the Soul. Oh, happy days. My guest today for Song of the Soul is a wonderful fit for what I hope to showcase with this program. Joe Ayadanza is, of course, all about the music, but he's also about this nebulous, deep, and energizing realm that is sometimes called spirituality. It's no secret that folk music is my favorite, and that's certainly a label that could fit for what he does. And on top of that, he's a yogi and meditation teacher, a spiritual counselor, and he's an interfaith minister. You'll find some of Cat Stevens and Harry Chapin and Joe, and you'll also find that of the Sufi, the Buddha, and the Desert Sage within him and his music. With all of that on tap, you can be sure there will be bonus excerpts from this interview on the northernspiritradio.org website that I can't fit into this broadcast. Right now, Joe Iadanza joins us from New York via Skype. Joe, how wonderful to have you here today for Song of the Soul. Oh, it's great to be here. Thanks so much. Actually, instead of being in the vicinity of Long Island where you normally hang out, you're somewhere not too far from Ithaca right now, New York? That's correct. I'm upstate having a little vacation just outside of Ithaca, and it's it's a beautiful day. And you're up there. Are you taking the workshop? Are you leading the retreat? How is this working? So it's a few days of just relaxing upstate, checking out the gorges and the falls and the farmer's markets. And then the last half of the week, I'll be, me and my friend are taking a retreat for a couple of days, just uh, just ourselves, just some quiet time to relax. Okay. So it's personal retreat, not a retreat you're leading. Yeah, but correct. I, correct. I have the sense that you could and maybe do lead retreats or teach courses like that. I do. I do. I, um, I've led couples and individuals and groups on retreats, usually sometimes full day retreats and three day silent retreats. I teach in a program also at a retreat center called Light on the Hill, which is just outside of Ithaca also. And that's a program about discovering your true self and learning about your defense systems and the things that keep you from connecting with others and from really knowing yourself in a joyous way. Has this been a, a lifelong trajectory, this kind of meditation? I know you connect with Course in Miracles, you're an interfaith minister. Is this lifelong or is this more recent? How do the layers of your life stack up? When I was in my early, I'm 47, when I was in my early 30s, I had a, frankly, I had a nervous breakdown. In that place, I had an option to kind of go into a, a world of psycho-counseling and medication. And instead of that, I had someone who kind of called to me to bring me towards meditation. That path led to yoga and it led to self-discovery, it led to inner work, and it led to asking bigger questions. And that has been going on for the last 16 years. And so I'm going to mention right away livingroomstudio.org. In addition to your main website for your music, joeiadanza.com, there's livingroomstudio.org, where, amongst other things, you have podcasts that you do regularly, 30-some of them at this point. Yep. People can access that side of Joe on the org website. We'll connect you both those links. 
So you didn't grow up being completely embodied Buddha or anything? No, no, not at all. <laughs> I think I've always been a, generally a nice, kind person. I grew up Roman Catholic. I grew up with a lot of faith in my family, although most of it, for the most part, confused by the church. But with, I think, a kind of call to the mystic, to the mystical. Well, we're going to talk about a lot of that, I'm sure, as we go through your songs, Joe. Let's start talking about your musical connection and maybe get off to your first song, if we can. Sure. First of all, how far back is your connection with music and with songwriting? I should say, I, I've always loved music. I think the first time I tried to write a song, I was seven. But I never considered myself a songwriter until I got into my 30s. I was always a musician. I loved to play music. In my teenage years, I got into playing guitar, and it was the mid-80s, so I was sort of a flash metalhead. I had long, long hair and loud guitars and played thrashing, fast lead guitar playing. I never considered myself a singer. In fact, the joke that was always with my friends when I was in high school, one of my buddies who became my best friend and cohort in music in high school had come up to me, saw me sketching band logos on my notebook, and he said, can you sing? And I said, yeah, sure. And he said, sing something. And I, I opened my mouth and I started to sing. And he said, well, maybe you should learn how to play guitar. <laughs> and, and so I did. You know, I never really believed I could sing. So I concentrated in my teen years as a guitar player into my 20s and played in bands, mostly cover bands in college. And that was a huge part of my life since high school through college to be in bands playing what was essentially the pop and classic rock of the time. I kind of walked away a couple of times in my life from music. I, in my early, mid-20s, I started, I got engaged, and I put music aside for a little while. I used to have a lot of problems with my hands. And it wasn't until after my daughter was born, I was about 29, 30 years old at the time, that I had realized that I had this beautiful daughter and that I had basically given up on the things that I believed and wanted and thought made me creative in this world. And she became an influence, a reason to get back. Just to say, I couldn't have a daughter who had a father who was trying to encourage her to be creative, to follow her heart. And he wasn't doing that himself. I wasn't doing that myself. And so in my 30s, that was also one of the reasons of that kind of breakdown moment for me where I kind of broke down in my life and had to start building myself back up. Music was one of the ways that I started again to build myself up. And that's when I started to play and started to hear songs and started taking chances at writing those songs. In fact, the, and that's actually a segue to the first song I'd love to talk about, which is Remember Me from the new record, Common Man, is actually one of the very first songs I ever wrote a long, long time ago. But it, it's one of those songs, and I only have a couple of them, that has evolved over time. I've played it in different formats, and it wasn't until just now that this particular song, Remember Me, landed in a place where I felt it was really meaningful but it was. It was a song that began long, long, long ago. Pieces of it still remain in the song that are there now. Let's listen to it, and we'll talk more about it right afterwards. We're visiting with Joe Iodanza today for Song of the Soul, Remember Me. On the moon, shine your light. Guide this long journey just one more night. Because I'm closer now than I've ever been. Fulfill my promise to see you again Now these nights My eyes would touch the skies And how I long for you Oh, I try to write But my pride would tell my heart Didn't want me to yeah.
So many long shots I gambled on Why didn't I gamble on you? Maybe I was too young, too hard, too foolish Too blocked to handle your love And all these nights My eyes would touch the skies and now I long for you Tell my heart you didn't want me to Can you believe Can you believe that I was crazy Lost inside not knowing what to do Oh now your eyes I can see There's no disguise I step from hiding in my dreams I step from hiding in my dreams Do you remember me by Joe Iadanza, who's here today for Song of the Soul. That's from his release just this past month. The album is Common Man and the song Remember Me. You said it was one of the first songs you wrote, so I guess maybe that means in your 30s. I don't know. Yes. But I really didn't detect even a single note of flash metalhead going on there. I did throw an electric guitar solo in there, and that's something that I did on the first record also, where at one point I just put a little bit in, there's a little more of that on this record. It's funny, there's a part of me in my music that always loved the heavy, harder rock, and in the later years, in my last, say over the last 10 years, I've become an incredibly big Springsteen fan. Someone had called my music recently, um, maybe called it masculine folk or something like that. And I was, I was just thought it was kind of interesting, and I, he, he called Springsteen out as also one of those influences. It's very... Not testosterone-based, but there is a certain – it's male, even if there's softness to it. I don't know. I don't know. What would you say to that? Would you? I don't know if you'd agree with that. Well, I definitely get the male in you through the music. I would say sometimes your, your talking voice is extremely pleasant and melodic. 
your voice gets a little bit more New York and a little bit more gravel as you sing, is my <laughs> take on it. There's more gravel in there. Yeah, it's funny. There was a lot of talk in advance of making this record because there have been a few, probably more in the last record and in the years where I played where I would adopt an affect in the voice. And there was a lot of intention on this record to not do that, to try and sing something that felt more natural. So the album was Common Man. It was just released in early July of 2019. It's your third album that you put out. The last one previous to it was 2010, and there was one in 2008. So there's a nine-year gap in there. Oh, my good. What was Joe Iodanza doing in those nine years? In 2000, well, let's call it 2010, the record came out. But I was touring on that record quite a bit until about 2000, late 2011. And I had did a tour of Europe. And I came back from that tour a little bit tired, to be honest. But also, I came home to my wife at the time was not well. She was having some issues with illness. And I had a daughter. My daughter at the time was, I guess, around 10 years old. And I just felt very, very, very deeply it was time to come home and let me take care of what's going on at home because I had been over the years very much the house dad, very much the one who took care of my daughter and the house and, and my wife. But something felt right unbalanced at this point. I had been away a lot and I felt like there was something I needed to be taken care of. And I didn't think it was going to I didn't think it was going to be that long. So I came home and I put music down for a little while. And I started digging deeper into myself and helping my family. And what happened during that time was I felt very much then called. I went on a retreat, actually. And on that retreat, I felt called to open a community space and to start teaching meditation. And that was when I opened the studio, this living room studio, which you mentioned the website for before. The living room was a small space, very small space, actually, where I would bring people in and I would do meditation and people would share the space and they would do their own workshops And it was a way for me to deepen a part of myself that as a teacher, which is something I had not really done before. And that's when I started teaching. I had, like you had mentioned before, worked with A Course in Miracles, and I started teaching that out of the space and leading groups in that. And so those those years were spent developing that connection to the community and becoming a teacher, a spiritual teacher, basically. Well, why don't you do some more teaching of us with your music? I think that your songs do that. So Common Man, the title track of the new record, is a song. And it's interesting. On this record, there are songs that were written very recently. They're very new. They were written within months of the record being made. And there are songs that were started or finished years ago and that were still felt relevant now. And Common Man was a song that I began with just the first verse and the chorus right before I stopped playing. So this was this, this song, Origin of the Song, probably around 2011. But it wasn't until the separation from my wife just recently over the last year and moving to a new town and realizing that in, even in all of this very incredible amount of change, my daughter also now has gone to college. And so now I'm out of my home and I'm in a new town and my whole world has changed. And yet there is something incredibly stable this foundation of all this work I've done over these years and trying to know myself and to connect to something deeper, suddenly it's there and it's supporting me. And this song speaks to just being where you are, even in the face of changes, in the face of challenges, and knowing that there's something deeper that's got you and resting in that place. And that's coming now. This town is my home now, the sun on my face, the birds are singing. Thank God for all I have Walking with grace in your light A tender embrace as she comes up slowly 
when love for a common man is my home now the sun as it sets her wind is whispering her prayer across the land I'll take every step through the night take them gentle and brave take them all the way home yeah and with an open hand and with an open hand Yeah. 
again. The title track from Joe Iadanza's latest recording, Common Man, is the song and the album just released in July 2019. And Joe, let me just say it, it's my favorite song. Oh, thank you. Beautiful. I love that chorus so much and the feeling of both uh, the pain and the faith and where you are in that. It blows me away and I'm loving it right now. Oh, thank you. And I also love the mixtures of images that you have in there. You know, one of the verses you say, it's like a holy cone. Yes. And this cross I bear. Now, wait a minute. One, one of those is, <laughs> one of those is offering Buddhism land. And, yeah, yes. of, of course. So, I mean, I, you're living out your interfaith ministership that way, I'm sure. But yes, yes. Do you normally think in all of those forms, or is it all this Catholicism image that you and I both grow up with? By the way, I grew up Catholic. Do the images just pop in all this uh, rich array? That's a good question. Um, I, I relate most strongly to the Judeo-Christian symbolism. Absolutely, because it's what I grew up with. In fact, one of the things that healed my Catholicness, for lack of a better term, was the Dalai Lama. And I remember hearing, I was reading about him having someone had come up to him and said to him, asked him, why should I become Buddhist? And, and the Dalai Lama saying, I never told you to become Buddhist. What are you? And the man said, I'm Jewish. And the Dalai Lama said, then become more Jewish. And I found that fascinating. What it pointed to to me instantly was, you already know this. You understand the symbolism speaks to you. You have a connection to this. The answer to what you're looking for is already there. It may be mired in the stuff that society has put on it, but the answer is there. And you already understand the symbolism, so go find it there. And that was fascinating to me. But like you, to answer your question, I am, you know, through the yoga and, and those studies and through the interfaith studies. Yeah, there's definitely symbolism that I see and that certainly influences me and comes to me. I, I think that line came in the, the juxtaposition of those two images happened kind of naturally. It was definitely not something I went and I said, oh, I want to be clever here. and find two ways to juxtapose this. It just it just came out that way. So I guess it's it's working in the unconscious a little bit. <laughs> well, I do want to remind people that you're listening to Song of the Soul on the web. We're at northernspiritradio.org. 14 years of our programs, free listening and download. All of our guests these past years, and we've had a rich array of wonderful spiritual and non-spiritual, I mean, if, if there is such a thing, and musical, and just the riches on our site are incredible, both for Song of the Soul and Spirit in Action. Also on the site, you can find the state where we're broadcast across the USA, some 40 stations at this point. Also, uh, there's a place to post comments, and I really hope that as you listen to this interview with Joe Iadanza, that you're moved to post a comment on it, rate the show, and for other shows that you listen to as well, there's a donate button. This is full-time work. Uh, actually, I have an assistant, and I want to call out the name of Andrew Jansen, who helps with production assistance on these programs, especially so the way that we support this is through your donations, not through corporations, not through government, but because you choose to support it. Even more important, and I, I'd love to hear about what the resources you tap into, Joe, community radio stations are so valuable. And by that, I'm not saying public radio, and I'm not saying commercial radio. I'm saying largely volunteer stations all across the United States 
in the local community, raising up a authentic local voice and issues and concerns and passions. They deserve your support first. So please support the community radio stations. And I'm wondering about you, Joe, what you experience out there. Now, you're in the area of New York, uh, Long Island. I mean, actually, right now you're off in what's called upstate New York. But when you're at home, what are the influences, the stations, the ones that lift up the local voice? You know, there's specific people. So we have, you know, John Platt from WFUV, who is a great, he just loves, he loves the music and he loves helping artists find, like that are not heard to be heard. That's one we have. We have Ron Alesco out at um, at FDU at Fairleigh Dickinson University um, that Again, it's not so much like the whole station. You know, for example, FUV is a, a college station. And it's an, it's a member-supported station, but it still has, because of its broadcast range, feels like a commercial station. And it does play a lot of more commercialized music. But there are pockets where those DJs still find the way to steal an hour, to borrow an arrow, to reach out and to give voice to musicians who aren't getting a wide audience and to help bring them to a slightly wider audience. Uh, and that that we're very grateful for, incredibly, incredibly grateful for. I know that wherever I go, there will be some kind of local station, local broadcasters, people raising up the incredible gifts that uh, often get displaced because they play the top 10, if you know what I mean. Yes, yes. Uh, whatever, the top 10 of the moment and uh, the ones that are going to bring the most dollars to a few hands instead of yes. enriching us all much more with the wide voices. and. So we're speaking with Joe Iadanza. Joe is uh, right in the area of Long Island, um, at least most of the time he is. And his website is joeiadanza.com. Iadanza, I-A-D-A-N-Z-A. Spelling issues, just come by northernspiritradio.org. <laughs> Everybody can spell northernspiritradio.org. And also remember to visit his website. This is for his personal spiritual meditation practice, livingroomstudio.org. And right now we're going to launch into another song. What's next? So let's go back. Let's go back to the beginning. What I love about talking with you is this is a topic we don't get to speak about as much when talking about the music. To be able to dig into the deeper spiritual meanings of the songs and the, and the origin of the songs this is a very special place to speak. And I'm, so I'm very grateful for that. I have throughout the records, all three of my records have songs that are introspective. They are asking questions. They're also grateful for the guidance and the support, the unseen, the mysterious support that are coming from, from the unknown. On my first record, there's a song called in my heart, which we'll listen to in a moment. And in my heart is a song about having faith in the darkness. Whereas common man is a song of someone who has done some work and is riding through life knowing that it's all going to be okay at a deep level in my heart is a song that is saying it almost as an affirmation. Okay. I know, I know that there's a light shining in me. I have that. And it's saying it almost to try and convince himself of it. Whereas there's probably still a part of him that doesn't believe it or is trying to desperately wants to know that it's there. So that's the message of this song in my heart. And it is In My Heart from Traveling Salesman by Joe Iadanza back in 2008. Tired of walking uphill both ways Keep buying time to cover all of my faces Even the mirror's hiding all of my faces 
Sometimes I'm up all night Just trying to make it right But I can see the color of your eyes They're white and horrible You're walking through corridors in the dark But tonight I won't be frightened Cause the lights are always shining in my heart Between two lovers One who's just fine And one who no one embraces Keep casting lines to pull in something to save us There's my dream Pull it lands When I close my eyes There's nothing no entangled I find a handle I'm walking through corridors in the dark I won't be frightened Cause the lights are always shining in my heart Heaven will I go No more invented other roads No more resistant complications Bleeding me dry again If I believe Will I never fail Come soul spirits round me Lying safe They're keeping safe The child is I am walking through corridors In the dark I won't be frightened Cause the lights always shining in my song from Joe Iadanza, In My Heart. Back in 2008, it was released on the CD Traveling Salesman. Just, I was wondering, by the way, Joe, if you were ever a traveling salesman, actually, <laughs> if you did anything like that. And that's specifically, I've done a few things, but it's funny. Most recently, I heard an artist, I thought it was really funny. He said, basically, I'm a t-shirt salesman who happens to play a few songs. <laughs> you know, that's how he gets around. You know how they get around selling your merch and playing your music. No, no. And actually, there's been a few people mistakenly said that this traveling salesman was influenced by a family member. Or that I thought my grandfather was a traveling salesman. That's not the case. It really, I think, it is that as musicians, we are walking around selling 
we're trying to communicate and make a community and we're trying to make a living with our music and the things that, that ancillarily go along with trying to keep us moving from town to town to be able to, to keep doing it. And yes, yeah, so I guess we are sort of like traveling salesmen. So maybe I, maybe that's what I'm doing now. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the voice that you sing that in, when I mentioned earlier, you sometimes get a little bit more, I don't know, New York voice. It's not a Wisconsin voice, but was that an intentional who are you seeing singing this song besides yourself? I didn't even know how to sing back then. I think I was just a guy with a guitar trying to figure out how to get the thoughts he was hearing out and then onto some kind of recording medium. If you listen, you know, you're listening to that versus the way I sing now, my voice has deepened quite a bit. It's, it sits more in my chest, just physically, uh, technique-wise. I didn't know what I was doing back then. I had these ideas. I had these feelings. I was trying to get them out, and I was... Just spewing them <laughs> into the world, basically. In the song, you talk about, it's either you're saying the light is always shining in my heart or the lights are always shining in my heart. And I'm not sure if it's one or plural or... I was a little bit confused by Yeah, that. It's, it's the one. It's, it's, it's meant to be the one. It's this, like the beacon, that, that thing that's, that you can count on the eternal nature, the, the, the divine in you. The light at the end of the tunnel that you're walking towards, and you don't know exactly where you're walking towards, but you know that there's something there that's calling you, and you have to go to it. As I already mentioned, Joe, I grew up Catholic, and I had a pretty good experience of it. It worked for me. It, it, it certainly equipped me with a lot of resources that are part of my life. So unlike a lot of people, I don't think I felt burned by Catholicism. I just knew it wasn't where my path called me to sit. And even though I have a lot of people who are Catholic, I I love the Catholic worker movement, and I there's all kinds of inspirational people. I love the love that came to me through my grandmother who went to Catholic Mass every morning. So I got a lot of good out of it. Yes, right? yes. But it wasn't where I settled in part because in Mass, they don't refer to light as the primary metaphor for the divine, for the comforter, for that bigger, you know, higher power, whatever words people use. Light is the way that I've experienced the mm. divine frequently. And so I tend to hang in circles like Quakers where my metaphor is more easily uh, understood, accepted, and shared. I'm just curious about how that went for you. You've got the light always shining in your soul, and I, I don't know if that's a Catholic prayer or not. Probably not. It's, it, that's more of a Sufi influence, and that comes from my teacher, Alice. Alice is my spiritual teacher at Light on the Hill, which is literally the name of the retreat center, Light on the Hill. She was also someone who was raised Catholic but found quite a home in Sufism. And interestingly enough, the Sufis have a, a very beautiful relationship with Christianity, and so I, a lot of what I learned from her in some of the practices that she would give me, there were a lot of light practices. And there's a beautiful, beautiful prayer. I think it's, I think it's called the Prayer of Muhammad. And I've seen versions of it. And the, the prayer itself is, you know, light above me, light in front of me, light to my left side, light to my right side. And it goes on and on and light in my blood and light in my bones. And it's a beautiful, beautiful, absolutely stunning poem of light as the way of filling yourself with that light, of, of releasing and surrendering to that beautiful light that never burns you. Actually, I've had experiences with the divine in multiple forms. One of them was very specifically light, but you know, I've also heard words, and I also had love, and I also had you know, just so uh, I don't mean to <laughs> simplify it all down to just one image. And there's richness there to be tapped. Oh and, yeah. And I'm also a scientist, right? I've taught physics at university level and so on. So I find all different ways to access this. 
But I think we'll find some more access to your experience of the divine, and therefore probably relevant to us too, if we have another song by Joe Iadanza. So let's step forward just a couple of years to All in Good Time, which is my second record and the title track from that record. So what happens, I find, as I started with my, you know, doing my own work, my own inner work, but also then working with people. And part of the interfaith work that I did in the seminary where I became an interfaith minister was counseling and was learning, it's called holy listening, sacred listening. And, you know, as I start to get the stories and, from people and I start to hear their path, you begin to learn about how important not only the practice of surrender to your journey, but also patience and incredible patience that needs to develop. And All in Good Time is a song about patience. It's also a song about picking yourself up when you fall, learning to get up and to take that next step forward. And again, it's a song of faith and it's a song of hope, but really it's a song of patience. And that is something that is taking me a long time. I think when you get past the initial, a lot of times we have people who come to a spiritual path from a moment of hitting rock bottom and then there's an awakening, there's a certain joy, it's almost like a gift from the divine to launch you forward. But after that wears off, you start to hear the question of, well, am I there yet? How much longer is this going to take? Or you know, my favorite is, I thought I, I thought I dealt with this already. You know, that's one of the big ones. And I think patience becomes an incredibly important part of the journey. And that's what this song is about. And it is All in Good Time by Joe Iadanza. I'm a tiny boat Drifting on the sea All the waves on the ocean They're tossing this ship endlessly All on frozen ropes Sails turned to the breeze Lost all sense of direction Wind howls its last breath and I scream And I scream Shout to the heavens What does it mean? I keep rolling it over and over again All in, all in, all in good time all in, all in, all in good time She lies, her head on the ground Staring off so far away And cries through lonely nights And prays, Prince, come and save me someday Child in flight down a lonely road Reaching out, no one takes it Touching earth with her head in the clouds And the vows that she'll soon to be breaking All in, all in, all in good time All in All in, all in, all in good time All in, all in, all in good time And I believe in the 
flowers Then the seeds that keep growing And won't show their colors Until they are free All in All in All in good time All in All in, all in, all in good time All in, all in, all in good time All in, all in, all in good time All in All in, all in, all in good time All in, all in, all in good time That's the title track from Joia Danza's second CD, All in Good Time. From back in 2010, his website, joeiadanza.com. Iadanza, I-A-D-A-N-Z-A, joeiadanza.com. The link's on nordenspiritradio.org. It's all in good time. I Actually, when I was first listening to that song, you know, before we talked, I was trying to sort out the positive, negative, the painful, the uh, rewarding images that are mixed within that, you know, like the flowers are within yes. the seeds, all the, those kind of images, I find them be beautiful and evocative for me. But particularly the woman, she puts her head on the ground and crying through lonely nights and, you know, Prince will come and save me some days. That had a very different feel to me, and I guess it's all a jumble. I mean, it it is life, right? It is, and that that that's actually that particular verse is. I can speak about it because the person that verse is about my cousin. She literally came to me. I spoke to her about this recently because she never knew that that part of the song was about her. She came to me once at that time, and she said, "Oh, Jojo, that's if my family calls me Jojo. Oh, Jojo, please, I just I just wish I could meet somebody who could who could save me, basically." And I was, was always moved by that so deeply, like that you could want so much to, to have somebody else come in and, and make it right for you. And not realizing that there was another way to do that. Even myself, I have to work with, and, you know, in relationship, making that person that you're with into God, into a substitute for that, you know, rather than walking alongside somebody and exploring life and making that love part of the joy of the exploration of yourselves and the deepening of your own connection not just to each other, but to something mysterious, as opposed to making that other person the substitute for that. Exactly. And actually, one of the deepest experiences of my life was the one that led to me to be free to marry my wife, Sandra. We're just having our 25th anniversary this year, was face-to-face with the light, with God, where God let me know that now that I knew that there's a God-sized hole in each of us that if we fill it with anything but God, that it screws us up, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And that my problem had been, up to then, is that I was putting my relationship with Sandra in that God-sized hole. Yes. And by not doing that, I was free to be with her. Yes. But when I put her there, I had screwed it up. (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. (laughs) 
So we're getting down to the end of the hour, Joe, and I want to get in one more song. But before I let you go, I did want to just check in a couple different things. Sometimes you perform solo. I realize that's one way. Another way to see Joe Iadanza is with Joe Iadanza and his beautiful band. And we have, we're getting ready to do a couple of album release shows in the New York area. And, and my hope is, because it's been a while, it, my hope is to be able to do a lot more with the band. I love to lead a band. There's something about bringing the full sound out. I'm very comfortable and happy to do a solo show, and there's, that's a beautiful way of connecting because there's a lot of storytelling and a lot of things that can go into connecting with people in that forum. But there's something about putting a show on that just, that just feels so good. <laughs> <laughs> and another way that you perform is with a duo. Why don't you tell us about Carol or Carol Ann or whatever her name is. Oh, with is. Carol Ann, yes, yes. Um, so in the empty space where I wasn't playing out and recording, I was doing some production. I was producing, and I produced, uh, a few years back, I produced a record for Spite and Dival, who is a band out of the Hudson Valley that has taken a permanent break at this point, and I did a record for them, and then I did a record for Caroline Solabello, uh, which also has some beautiful, beautiful symbolism, and, and there's a lot of spirit in that record. Uh, I don't know that you could probably work with me on a record without me helping to try and bring out a little bit of that in an artist. I think that's something that just goes without saying with working with me. And Carol Ann did this beautiful record. And as we finished the record, she said, you've been away for too long. You need to get out and I'm going to start booking shows. And I said, okay, I'll come open for you. She goes, no, no, we're, we're going to do shows together. And that was really very sweet of her. And that helped to get me back out again. And what was nice about that though, is at first what she had envisioned was that we would be doing our own sets and then we would do some songs together. And then I said, well, if we're going to do this, I know your songs already because I helped you produce this last record, especially. I said, let's integrate this. And so we did. We started playing on each other's songs and singing on each other's songs. And so now when you come to see us play together, it's a show. We are up there together the whole time. There's a couple of songs where we will step off to give something that maybe has a little more drama or is really, really intimate. Something that one of us wants to say will step off. But for the most part, we play together. And it's been really well received, actually. We're going to be doing more of that as we go into the next year and stuff as well. So I'll be, yeah, you'll have me solo, you'll have me with a band, and you'll have shows that I'll be doing with Carol Ann for sure. There's one other piece of music I want to mention. Part of me really kind of wishes I could capture you in your flash metalhead period. <laughs> but I'm sure this isn't that. But you had a recording you released a few years ago called Wrecking Ball. Oh, yeah. Tell yeah, me about um, that. <laughs> what I love about music is when you, when you throw yourself a, one little curveball, you change one thing up, it opens up a whole new world of music. And actually, it's nice because Wrecking Ball will actually connect to the last song we're going to play. Wrecking Ball, I, I started playing in open C tuning. As a guitar player, you know, we can play in different tunings. And I think I was gonna, trying to learn going to California by Led Zeppelin. And I learned, I think it was the same tuning. And I tuned the guitar and I started playing... And I never even learned how to play going to California because I just thought that the way the guitar sounded in this tuning was so fascinating. And I started noodling with it, and it was very much suited to riff-oriented kind of music, which definitely played into the music I used to play when I was younger. And I started noodling, and I came up with this riff, which led to a song, Wrecking Ball, which is a song of angst, frankly. It's, uh, at the time when I wrote it, I think I was responding to a lot of the things that are happening politically in the world. And I don't consider myself a political person, but I think I was allowing myself to comment on that in a way that I hadn't done before. And, and that song is, is a little bit of a comment on people being done wrong by something that's trying to take advantage of them. 
Well, we're going to end with that song. It's called Weary Hearts. It is from Common Man. The CD just released this past month. You know, it's got this incredible mixture, as Joe Iadanza does, of the good with the bad, the happy with the sad, that they all fit in there somewhere together. And the way we reach wholeness, I think, is not by tossing out pieces, but by integrating them properly. Yes, yes. And so the bridge between these two songs, I'll just say quickly, is they're both in the same tuning. (laughs) And I wrote them about the same time. Weary Hearts is one of the older songs. It's one song that was written around the same time as Wrecking Ball. It was written in the same tuning. And the background, the question that that song is answering, or at least attempting to contemplate, is why does God let bad things happen to good people? That was a question, I think, that has wounded so many Judeo-Christians. That is a question they can't answer. That's a question they they make up answers to. They will justify actions based on. They will come up with their whole theology around things around that. And for me, the question is deeper and is answered to bring this all the way back to what we talked about at the beginning. It brings it really to A Course in Miracles. And A Course in Miracles, what it talks about is that what the divine sees in you is your perfect nature. It only sees the light in you. Everything else that you think you're seeing is the dream. It's your dream of separation and how you play that out and the anger and the guilt and the frustration and the projection of all that to everything around you. When all you need to do is to take a breath and to reconnect to that deep, deep eternal nature that you have and you share with everyone around you, it's the last line of the song. Well, you know, I see to you beyond your dreaming while you lie next to me, while you're dreaming next to me, while you're fast asleep next to me. That's this song. So we end Joia Danza's Song of the Soul with Weary Hearts. Remember the websites you can find via NordenSpiritRadio.org, JoeIadanza.com, his meditation and podcast and other practice, uh, LivingRoomStudio.org, you'll find it there. We'll end joyfully with Weary Hearts. <laughs> so my heart is joyful. Weary Hearts is the song. And Joe, thank you so much for being here today with me for Song of the Soul. Thank you so much. It has been an honor, truly. Remember to check out the bonus excerpts from this interview on northernspiritradio.org. We'll end with Weary Hearts by Joe Iadanza, and we'll see you next week for Song of the Soul, Weary Hearts. Weeping eyes cry out to me Child's blind, she cannot see And the sky is a retreat How could I have let this be? She prays at night to understand Love is done as he commands Love is scarred by heavy hands how could I have let this stand? Thirty years a union wage Save for the golden days Banks sent home and empty Contain this rage, even this life, even this life, even this life. I own even this life, even this life, even this I own. 
your chest Cross the line with no regrets Claim the fires were heaven sent How could I ever let him rest Even this life, even this life, even this life I hold Even this life, even this life, even this I hold no. Even this life, even this life, even this life, I hold. Even this life, even this life, even this I hold. Music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it is called Song of the Soul. Check out all things Song of the Soul on northernspiritradio.org, guests, links, stations, and a place for your feedback, suggestions, and support. Send your Songs of the Soul to me, Mark Helpsmeet, via the info on our website, and join us weekly for Song of the Soul.